Hello. Hey. Hi. How's it going? It is going pretty well. How are you? I am pretty fantastic. Thank you for asking. It's been so long. It's been it, a minute. It has definitely been that. Uh, recently, somebody was like, oh, what are you going to... I told somebody about the podcast, and they're like, what are you going to talk about? And I was like, I have no idea. But I think last time we started with Lube, and it just <laughs> went... <laughs> it kind of just went from there. And if if we do want to just do second verse, same as the first, um, I... Just let's just let's just dive right in to the lube. Um, I recently discovered that okay, so there is a brand of lube called Boy Butter, as we all know. That's something (laughs) that we all learn in sex ed in in high school. And um, what I recently learned though is that they have expanded their line, and there is a version of it called I can't believe it's not Boy Butter, and it comes (laughs) in a margarine tub. Benji, I I can't <laughs> comes I, in a margarine tub. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I think there's a really a missed opportunity here. How has Boy Butter not sponsored the show? Oh my god! I mean, we... <laughs> they're they get in line behind Gun Oil and uh, what are some other good lube names? Oh, we, we just go back to that episode if you want to hear some good lube names because we covered them all basically. I don't think there's been any major innovations since then. Which is a damn shame, in my opinion. Someone needs to disrupt that market. Like, absolutely. Some tech bro needs to really get their hands in and get dirty and and change loop for the better. Just make it like L-U-B, all lowercase, (laughs) no E at the end. And there's a companion app, of course. Of course. It's cyber lube. (laughs) It will track your... God, that's I'm making a joke, but that must be real. There's like real apps that do that that are like that are about quantifying your sex performance or whatever. Uh-huh. I want I want to pretend like I'm above it, but I know that like had I access to that, like I would record like every jerk off session and like go through all the information. <laughs> I, I would quantify my sex life completely. I mean, there's an app for that. There's gotta be, there is, and it's, I don't know, I guess I see the appeal. I mean, I wear Fitbit, so that's, so that's you're like, halfway there. I'm halfway there, Um, and it's like, you know, I mostly wear it to remind myself how little I move, Um, uh-huh. but uh, yeah, you could do that. I mean, that's, I, it's pretty close. We're not far off. Um, not I'm sure if I wanted to, although there was that app, there was that, um, there's that vibe. I think it was WeVibe or something. And they were accused of, or it came out that they had been selling their user data. Yes, I do remember that. That's creepy. That's creepy. Yeah. I, I think we can agree that that's <laughs> not cool. Yeah, they settled for $3.7 <laughs> Oh, God. Wow. Yeah. In spying so maybe, vibrator maybe. data suit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so maybe maybe Lou Bros, uh, I know you're listening right now, trying to get those sick ideas for the next thing. Uh, maybe don't sell the uh, the lube data. <laughs> wow, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't know what just happened there. I opened a 
<laughs> I opened an article about the WeVibe lawsuit on Forbes and it just started like yelling like, if you're a man and you like driving, um, <laughs> which feels similar to our conversation anyway. So it wasn't entirely off topic, but um, no, no, God, that's... I love video. I love the future of content. It's so great. <laughs> uh, autoplay is the, probably the best thing that's ever happened. It's I, amazing. I love just being screamed at by some movie that I'm not going to watch or something about car insurance, probably. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Just being, being interrupted from what I'm doing to be yelled at by the internet is. It's perfect. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Oh God. So what have you been up to? Uh, Good, good. Great question. Uh, I don't know. No, I. <laughs> it's been so long. Uh, it's been like almost two years since yeah, you were on this which, show, which is criminal. Which is just a tremendous oversight, and and on my part, like I want everybody to know that you have been like, <laughs> when you're going to be on the show, and I'm like, yeah, soon. I've just got this thing going on. Six months later, <laughs> nothing has happened. Uh, I I have been working a lot uh, on this uh, choice of games project. Oh, wow. uh, if, you guys are not familiar. Um, Choice of Games is an interactive fiction uh, kind of writing company. They put out these games on like iOS and Android and all of the wherever you get your games, um, Steam. Uh, and I wrote a game for them called Avatar of the Wolf. It's under my actual real life name, Bendy Barrett, not Benji Bright, which is my smart writing name, which of course explains why I'm on this podcast. <laughs> But uh, so I wrote this game, Avatar of the Wolf, and it is uh, just out. It it came out on, I think, June 22nd. And that's been kind of the thing that I have been working on. It's it's like novel length. So, I mean, it required a lot of my kind of time and effort in in addition to my day job and like other writing projects and stuff like that. So that's like the main thing that I've been doing. That's wild. I'm always like... I'm always amazed at people who take on these like big interactive fiction projects. Like I talked to Christine Love um, a couple months mm-hmm. ago and just like the scope of that stuff. And it's like, you say it's like a novel length project, but like the reality of a lot of those games, and maybe you can speak to this about this project, but is that the player or reader is only ever going to see a fraction of that unless they go through it multiple times. So you're like, you, you're writing all this knowing that any one person isn't necessarily going to see all of that. Right, exactly. Uh, and I mean, I definitely think that um, that's a, it's it's kind of a departure because I mean, there's a couple kind of hardcore people who will kind of probably see a decent amount of the content because they'll play it multiple times and yeah. you know make choices. They're kind of like actively looking for those branches. Uh, but there's definitely, I would say, the casual player slash reader, um, you know, is just gonna have like you know one maybe two experiences and then there's gonna be like okay i, I kind of get the the sense of the world mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean you i think the choice of games philosophy kind of it, it is to get the most kind of um so they try to make it so that you don't have a lot of like like extraneous stuff that people will never see right so their philosophy kind of uh kind of shunts you away from that whereas in my own like like interactive fiction writing like i mean if anyone like wants to like 
look at any of the games I've written, they've kind of been traditionally like wildly different. Like every kind of <laughs> choice you can make will take you off into like a completely different uh, way. Um, but when you're writing something that's novel length, it's really difficult to to do that and kind of have any length to the project um, because you can't just kind of write indefinitely. Um, so you kind of you you kind of have to make some choices uh, when you're when and the longer it gets, if unless you just you know want it to be like a five minute thing that you can read and then you know you'd have to read it again and read it again and read it again and experience some of the same content, but like you know you branch out all crazy, which is definitely not this project. So I mean, I, I think it's just a difference in design philosophy and. Um, but it does it does it does kind of hurt when you're you when you know that there are definitely people who will not read the thing that you agonized over for like three weeks trying to get it just exactly perfect and then they're just like oh yeah I didn't even encounter that person and you're just like all right well there goes my there goes my lifeblood I don't know what to- <laughs> that's a lot that's yeah oh, I can't imagine it's just like yeah. Wow. So, um, so choice of games, like, um, we might've talked about this a little bit last time you were on. Cause I think you were maybe doing some stuff for them. Yeah. I, I, it's the same game. I just oh, okay. took forever to write it. Well, it's a novel length like, project. It's a, it's a big deal. You know, sometimes I, 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 I like during the process, which I think took like three and a half years. when I thought like, when I pitched it, I was like, this is going to take eight months. I'm going to be done. I'm going to turn this over and then I'm going to start something else. I'm going to like totally just, I'm going to bang this out. Totally not how it went down. And I mean, (laughs) my, my editor was like, Jason, I'm going to give him a shout out because he has like the most patient person, like in the universe with like all of my incredible delays. Uh, He just kind of was like, yeah, okay. You know, maybe, you know, send me some work soon. (laughs) And I'm like agonizing, like, you don't understand my life. And he's just like, you know, okay, just send some work when you can. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I kind of like lost the, the plot a little bit, but, uh, (laughs) <laughs> what, was the, what was the point of this i'm the worst it's guess. a big project no it's it's it, the, that's the yeah. point it's like big and it's spiraling and it's hard to like keep track of sometimes um so i read a bit uh about it and um it's like uh it's it strikes me as hitting some similar themes to some of your past games um yeah in particular um god what was that one um the other one the one that i said and this is before the hbo or not the hbo mm-hmm. the uh the stars american gods came out um yeah. which is i guess really gay and everyone loves american gods again um but i think at the time <laughs> i described it as like american gods but good and super gay um, yeah the, the, the game was called gods yes yeah yeah mm-hmm. um and it seems like maybe there's some similar themes like around mythology and around like um these like different god figures um is that Mm -hmm. something that is like sort of a perennial occupation for you so i i've written i think a couple games like so i wrote gods first and that kind of like um was pretty like 
humorous in in certain ways mm. or, or kind of like I, I meant it to be kind of like lighthearted um and then I wrote the follow-up to that which was called supplicant which was more about kind of God's kind of God's the the primary character is a god and it's kind of like his relationship with other gods and like uh one notable like human person and it was kind of like about how you know in in a modern age kind of gods would have to uh, not necessarily reinvent themselves but kind of like make peace with their pasts or kind of reimagine the future which i think it, in a lot of ways kind of is what american gods at least the the tv show kind of is it's, it's along kind of similar lines um so that's been interesting to watch that kind of after working on all of this stuff but then i wrote the game supplicant which and i just want everybody to know these games are like super gay these first two games i'm talking about like so, so gay the most gay um possibly i don't know i haven't played all the games but i, I think they're pretty solid <laughs> um supplicant was more about like you know as a person or a human kind of introduced to this world of gods like what do you kind of do with that um and then Avatar of the Wolf is 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 more constructed. I mean, it is a novel length project, so it, there's more kind of to it. Um, and it's just about like you know, you have this person who's this kind of inheritor of some of this uh, power, I guess, of the gods, and you are just kind of trying to figure out um, your relationship to it uh, and how you. <clears throat> Uh, how, there's a kind of central mystery, I suppose, in mm -hmm. what happened to the god who is your god. Uh, so it's a lot of it is about like figuring out that, but then it's like your relationship as a person who's kind of infused with some of this godly essence, which kind of puts you on a different level than a, a regular person, but you're not quite a god, so you're kind of in this weird limbo. And a, a lot of the game kind of takes place in this weird limbo of like, what does mm -hmm. it mean to like have the power to make these choices that affect people um but not quite be so far up the hierarchy that you're unaffected or, or kind of like insulated from the result of the fallout of mm -hmm. those choices so i mean i, I hope it's good i <laughs> no, that... i've been trying not to read too many reviews <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great that sounds like um a really compelling premise. Um, and so one thing I'm always curious about with, with infix stuff is mm -hmm. like the degree to which the player is like meant to be playing a character versus like embodying themselves basically. Yeah. Um, and so I know that in your game, like you can choose like whether the avatar is like, like you can choose their gender and like their sexuality um, or you can play as, as, as those different kinds of characters. Um, and is there like a pretty established character or is it a lot of like you sort of like um, just this being like a vessel for you to sort of make decisions within this world? It's, I think it's, it's a little bit of both. I think kind of in a, in a weird way, I think, the um 
the central conceit where um to, to kind of get into some specifics of the game without spoiling anything um the god who is your specific god who you are the avatar to in the game is called wolf and he kind of is this savage uh like really aggressive figure i tried to make the gods in the game defined more by their approaches to like conflict or decision making than necessarily their um their own kind of qualities so mm -hmm. sometimes they do things that might you, you might if you were thinking of them as like okay so this god is um the god of uh i don't know like um like pleasure or something so right. like they, all of their decisions are going to be like driven by you know seeking pleasure whereas so that was kind of a, a part of what defines these characters who are these gods but uh it's more like you know if you know given a certain problem like what would be the way that this god would be more likely to solve the problem i think that was kind of a more interesting route to me so wolf is kind of defined by solving problems kind of head-on very aggressively not thinking that there's too much kind of gray space in any mm -hmm. given conflict and so there are a couple points in the game where you're kind of driven or you kind of have a sense of like what Wolf would do in any given situation or what kind of his imperatives are. And then you as a player kind of react to that and decide kind of what you do. And then there's a couple flashbacks where you kind of uh, have a sense of what it was like when you were just kind of really driven by Wolf's instincts and his impulses. Whereas at the beginning of the game, there's this kind of break where you kind of are just yourself. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the game just is the player defining themselves in mm -hmm. opposition to or alongside or kind of in, in parallel to these kind of instincts and impulses. And so I think in that way, you kind of have a little bit of... Um, the player defining kind of what they are and who they are. And then you have a little bit of this kind of character archetype that's been set up for you. And you can either fall straight into it or you can say, like, that's not, you know, the character I want to be. That's not the person I want to be. And you can kind of define yourself in opposition to it. So um, I tried to kind of blend the two approaches of, like, pure character um you kind of just fall into this character and then that's the person you are all the writing kind of kind of exists around the character and kind of pushes you forward and and then you know the the choices you make being kind of almost cosmetic to mm -hmm. the character and then you know the uh, and and so that was kind of I tried to kind of incorporate a little bit of that. And then on the opposite end of the spectrum, being totally just you as a player, you just dropped into this world. And then kind of everything that happens afterwards is just you deciding what to do. And then kind of you're defined by your choices. So I try to kind of blend those two together and hope that it's successful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds like a really smart way to to like address that issue of, of player character versus player. Um, mm -hmm. just like, um, like when I was talking to Christine, like there's the whole thing of like, well, you're, you have a player character, but that player character is also like playing a role. And like, those are right. like the decisions you're making are like how that character is playing that role. So like there is that kind of remove, um, and like in the same way, like this seems like a really a good way of addressing that like issue of 
you know, it's a narrative and, and the, the main character needs to have some kind of like motivation or history to be a compelling character and for the, it to work. But on the, but also like you want there to be some kind of agency for the, the player or like some kind of impact that they have. And so like that for me is the central tension of a lot of infic is like, how do you, yeah how do you thread that needle? And it sounds like you have like come up with a really interesting way of doing that. Yeah, I, I mean, I, 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 I think it works, um, and I think it's 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 kind of precarious though because I, I don't think it's something that you can do in every you know piece of fiction. You you can't necessarily um, thread the needle in to use your phrase in the same exact way. And so, kind of, I think every time you come to the table and you start writing a new kind of world and a new character, you kind of have to figure out how to, especially in something that's kind of choice-based, like, you know, most interactive fiction is, um, well, that's not necessarily true, but uh, um, most interactive fiction of this specific kind of philosophy of something like a choice of games um, model, uh, you, you kind of want people to feel like their choices really matter, but you also kind of want to locate them in a world that shows the evidence of their choices um and you, and in order to do that you kind of have to give 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 the world and the character they're playing enough kind of background and enough grounding in that world so that you can feel the weight when you you know you make a choice that's difficult and and there's a lot of focus on difficult choices because it, i think in it shows the character um uh of of the person that you're playing um and when you have to choose between something that, you know, when there's kind of no good option when you can't just be like the white knight kind of you coming in on your horse to save the day and kind of walking away kind mm -hmm. of with everything unchanged when you kind of have to make choices that where someone's not going to be happy, it shows that it, it I think if you feel it deeper, mm -hmm. um, but in, in order to do that again, you have to kind of write a world that responds um and you have to have to be decent at it <laughs> yeah otherwise yeah it's just who cares <laughs> <laughs> well so many difficult choices like really big air quotes on those um in in infic and in games that are inspired by infic are like do you want to save your your lover or do you want to save the town do you want to condemn <laughs> hundreds of <laughs> people to death or do you want to kill your girlfriend um and it's like yeah just like those are decisions that i have to make every day like those are really yeah. real difficult choices that are like you know really important um and like not to rag on like anything in specific or whatever but like mm -hmm. it's just like yeah so often people just think difficult means like i don't know they take shortcuts to it i think and it is uh it shows yeah. you know absolutely absolutely like it, it's i think um that you, you you kind of i think even writing this game there was a struggle between kind of making these choices that were grand and kind of made the player feel like a, a kind of like a powerful participant in the world and also kind of making these, just writing these choices that like 
it was just like, all right, so are you going to just kind of like, you do you slaughter the town and like eat their bodies uh, or just, um, you know, like help them grow fruit? You know, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like is, the, is the choice between being as horrible as I can possibly be or, you know, just being completely like a benign presence? Uh, and I, I think those choices are I can't 100% say that there's no choices like that in the game, <laughs> but, um, you know, you try to reduce those so that you kind of get to a, a point where it's like, okay, so if you do this, you're going to piss off this person. And if you do that, you're going to piss off this person. And if you try to not piss anybody off, it's going to be really difficult to do that. But if that's like your jam and you just really want to be a peacemaker, then, you know, you can, you know, make all these choices and, you know, define your stats in such a way that, yeah, you can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, if that's, if that's really like what you want to go for, um, uh, just all in all choice, choice writing is super difficult because sometimes you'll think like writing something like, yeah, this is like totally like solid, like, I would want to pick this and then you expose someone else to it. And they're just, they just point out all the flaws. Like <laughs> this is what a sociopath would do or like no one would, this is, this is like what a doormat would do. Like, yeah. <laughs> so you kind of have to find the, the, the middle ground on, on a lot of the things that you write. It's tough. Um, I'm curious, have you played like a lot of um, like pen and paper tabletop RPGs? I haven't. I, I I just last summer like started to get into like tabletop gaming. I, when I was a kid, we played some D and D, but my brother was kind of a tyrant, so it just <laughs> it would always fall apart. Like I, he would just the party. We would like enter like a, a dungeon, and within like a couple rooms, we just it, like his leadership was so fractitious. We just be all dead, and then <laughs> all right, well, let's go get ice cream. <laughs> <sighs> yeah <laughs> do you have some experience with that merit I-, I mean that sounds like pretty classic like youth D experience like oh we all died because everyone was just being a jackass like a troll ate us or like we walked into a dungeon and got like fell into like a pit full of spikes and lava and like birds that were pecking us and the walls closed in and we died. <laughs> yeah. It's that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And I, I and I think like my godfather, like he who's is an awesome, like sweet, like loving guy, like just he kind of relished being like the DM or, or the GM and <laughs> So we would, when we get into a sticky situation, it was like the worst possible version of that sticky situation. It was like a, a Rube Goldbar machine of like murder. Um, so I think we were just doomed either way. I don't think we were gonna. <laughs> I don't think we were gonna get anything out of that experience besides uh, learning how to cope with failure. Well, that's an important lesson. That's that's something you have to learn. Everyone has to learn at some point. The kids have to learn about the Temple of Elemental Evil, you know? Uh, I ask about the tabletop stuff because um, I have been playing more of them. And I feel like a lot of these games now are a lot better at presenting difficult choices or at presenting like 
like it's not like D and D where like you roll like you either do the thing you're trying to do or you don't. Um, mm-hmm. It's more like you either do the thing you're trying to do or you fuck up and something happens or like you get the thing you want, but also like you have to accept some kind of consequence. Like there's right. like a lot more emphasis on like partial successes. Mm-hmm. So I've been playing a game called Monster Hearts. Um, do you know about this? Mm-mm. Oh my god, I think you would love it. It's um, I think I shouted it out in a recent episode, but uh, it's basically like a teen, sexy teen monster role playing game. Oh my god, this is my gem. It's very good, and like, <laughs> um, it, there is like a DM figure, but it's mostly like about inter character drama. Um, so it's like very much about um, like. There is, like, sometimes, like, physical, like, violence and stuff, but mostly it's just, like, psychological and emotional stuff. <laughs> and just, like, characters, like, like trying to, like, turn each other on to, like, get leverage on them. Um, oh, wow. Or, like, yeah, just, like, um, just pulling strings on people and setting up these, like, complex, uh, like, chains of events and stuff. And, like, because you're all monsters, like... You know, like it's a met- you're metaphorically a monster, but you are also a literal monster. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, except there's one character who's the mortal, which is what I'm playing, and your role is basically just to like be a victim, and like you get you're basically empowered by like forgiving people when you shouldn't, and like uh dig like sticking your nose into places where it doesn't belong. Like you're basically you know the um Bella uh of okay. Twilight figure. Um, and it's very fun and you have a true love that you're like obsessed with and they don't have to be in love with you or even aware that you exist. Um, and, uh, it's just like, there's a lot of drama and a lot of like difficult choices. And I feel like, uh, I would really love to play a game like that with you and a bunch of other people. (laughs) That I just, that sounds like the best thing. I, I want to do that. Yeah. Come to New York. (laughs) We'll do it. I, I, you know, okay, maybe we should like talk off podcast about when because I might be in New York somewhat soon. So okay, yeah, uh, we're for, gonna make this happen. Bit. Okay, cool. Okay, yeah, we are gonna do this. We're gonna do it. Um, you're you're in Chicago, right? I am in Chicago. Well, near Chicago, but for all intents and purposes, unless you know Chicago, I'm in Chicago. It's fine. <laughs> That's cool. I don't know. I don't know anything. I don't know anywhere. I never know what's going on anywhere, really. You know what? That's how I feel. That's yeah. how I. So I'm glad that there's another me floating around, <laughs> just completely ignorant and loving it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, ignorance is bliss, baby. Is. Especially when it comes to U.S. geography. <laughs> I don't know anywhere. I'm a baby. I'm zero years old. Um, how come there's so many states in the Northeast? It's too confusing. You should spread them out more. Totally should be I, somebody just redraw the map like just put some put some daylight redraw the map redraw the map (laughs) that sounds like uh yeah that seems like a campaign i i'm gonna run for for office and Mm -hmm. i pledge to fewer states uh more northeast is now one state it's one state (laughs) too confusing there's too many one fewer states there's 10 states now 10 states and two territories three territories it's just canada it's just canada too <laughs> canada is now just a thing puerto rico is one of the states um 
Maine, sorry, you're just part of the Northeast state now. Yeah. It's uh it's uh sorry, it's going to be a lot more simple. It is. It is. And and you know what? There's going to be some pushback, but I think when people search their hearts of hearts, they're going to they're going to be into it. Look within gonna... yourself. You know it to be true. There are too many states. <laughs> it's like you can't. We, you can't learn about all those states. Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah, like you could, like you know, there's like, oh yeah, like I learned all of the state capitals. It's like, yeah, you oh, know, good fucking F- work, Jeremy. <laughs> Great job, Jeremy. We're so impressed, Jeremy. Oh, you know all the capitals, Jeremy. What's the capital of? New York. Oh, it's Albany. Oh, that's great, Jeremy. Thanks a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's the, what's the capital of capitalism, Jeremy? Huh? Whoa! Did I just blow your yeah. mind, Jeremy? You weren't ready for that, huh? Yeah. Welcome to the real world. We don't have time to memorize state capitals. Do you pay taxes, Jeremy? Do you know about that, huh? Freelance income, Jeremy. Yeah. W nine. Get, get that. 1099s, other forms that have numbers. It's a lot of numbers and things out there. So uh, yeah. but, but once once Jeremy is in here, you know, filing my my taxes so that if I get audited, you know, I could find everything. Then then I'll listen to stuff about state capitals. Not yeah. not until then. No, no, it's a wild world, Jeremy. Uh, oh, Jeremy, what a loser. Uh, yeah, but enough about Jeremy. Yeah, off of him. If your name is Jeremy, that wasn't about you. It was about another Jeremy. It was yeah. about the Jeremy from the Pearl Jam song. <laughs> <laughs> okay, at the, oh, oh, so so two things. Thing number one, I promised myself right before I came on this podcast, I was like, you are going to giggle fucking less. <laughs> that so far. Uh, two, what the, what is that song actually about? Is it about suicide? I kind of vaguely remember oh, it. Well, suicide, then it's not I, about that, Jeremy. Um, yeah. uh, Jeremy. I don't remember. Um, yeah, I think maybe it is. It's about another Jeremy. Yeah, this is where the Jeremy we're talking about is just, I mean, he lives in, in the, in the Northeast state and he just. He's not that great. It's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, he lives in Maine and he is gonna just be a part of the the mega the northeastern mega state. There was a plan, um, it probably still exists. I remember when I lived in Seattle, there was this ongoing campaign to like make uh Washington State, Portland, and maybe California? um into a state oh no it no portland isn't a state it's oregon because again i know about mm-hmm. states. uh no it was like washington i thought they were gonna just take portland and just, just like, put portland it new, the rest just of portland. oregon is too racist <laughs> um it's uh not that the rest of washington isn't but um they were gonna do washington oregon not they were gonna do no this is never going to happen but like they're like we should make a country out of Mm -hmm. washington oregon and maybe we'll just we'll just uh chomp up uh british columbia as well maybe just a little bit of idaho just let me let me snack on some of the western montana real quick um they were gonna be like that should be a country we'll do that cascadia um 
so oh, is that the name of it? That's the name of it. There's like the secessionist. Uh, oh, and September. Wait, 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 wait. On September 9th, 2001, the Cascadia National Party website was launched on Angel Fire. <gasps> Girl. <It's, laughs> I mean, it was quickly overshadowed. Uh, never forget. But um, apparently it's seen a resurgence in popularity in the last like a year because of um america uh-huh but uh the, the garbage fire and, of that yeah of the they have the a cow. flag okay they have a flag called the doug flag the doug flag it's just a picture of disney's doug <laughs> it's just doug it's doug the Doug okay. flag. No, it's a tree. It's a Douglas fir, but it's still a bad flag. It's like a <laughs> clip art shadow of a Douglas fir on top of a tricolor. Okay, so I just want to really quickly tell you a story, Mary, and I promise this has a point. Please. When I was in college, I I um had a pic. I just had a picnic with a friend, and at the picnic, just like in the middle of. I don't know what happened. I don't know why we decided to have a picnic at college. Uh, it's one of those things. You have a picnic. Um, and he, at the picnic, he told me that there was like, they'd found like this like planet-like thing in like a nearby solar system. And like, it could totally support life. And I was like, what? That didn't happen. And he was like, go home. Like, like when you go back to your door on Wikipedia, it. and I did, and it was, there was like a whole article on it. And I was like, oh my God, this is real. And then later he told me that he just made that, like he literally just wrote that wiki article and then put it up. And then I like looked at it and probably it was destroyed like five minutes later. That's kind of what this sounds like. This Cascadia <laughs> thing. Like you, like if I Google this, like I'm going to find results, but it's just because like you and like, I don't know, your listeners right now are like writing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a plan. Like, like, yeah. Listenership that like they're, they're creating this. That they're going <laughs> back in time to create this <laughs> as we're talking. It's we're, we're, we're like live streaming and they're like, Fuck yeah, let's really do his head in. Yeah, let's mess with Benji Cascadia, man. <laughs> it's Oh man, what a I mean, we wish them the best. Wait, absolutely. Um, I mean at that point, why don't they just make every kind of like liberal city like a part of Cascadia? Like just just like kind of just take it out of whatever state it's in, and then it'll be just almost like an like an airport. No, no, not an airport. Uh, like an embassy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if like that's the. I think it's partly that, and then partly like an environmental thing, and partly like just like uh, there's like a unique ecosystem or something. But okay, I don't know. I don't know. What are your favorite top five favorite secessionist movements? <laughs> We're you're, we're live with Benji Bray, and we're talking about <laughs> secessionist movements. I want to uh, get to the listener calls on this because yeah. I can't imagine that it's going to be anything racist or offensive. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Five secessionist no. movements. Quebec has wanted to separate from Canada on multiple occasions. Uh, other provinces have too, apparently. I mean, not as successful. Um, Vancouver Island, Alberta, um, Mm -hmm. which to to your point about um, uh, badness, um, (laughs) 
Greenland. Uh, there are, oh, a lot of states have wanted to secede. Vermont. Okay. Uh, California. The, the California Republic, which happened in Fallout, I think. Um, yeah. Um, I feel like New Hampshire. New Hampshire seems like a state that would want us to secede. Yes. Yes, the Foundation for New Hampshire Independence. See? Got them. Yes. I yeah. Knew. I knew my New Hampshireites, New Hampshireers. I don't know. I knew they wouldn't let me down. Yeah. There's a bunch. There's a whole bunch. Um, so we, yeah, I mean, Godspeed, you New Hampshireites. Um, that's nothing. So, I mean, that's, we'll edit what? that out. That's nothing. That's not anything. <laughs> that's good that's gonna be in your um like your your like lost the lost tapes that's the the, yeah that was left on the cutting room floor (laughs) someone just went in and and brushed and swept up all those those cuts and made them into podcast hot dogs (laughs) podcast hot dogs yeah oh boy yeah (laughs) we're we're really doing it right now this is really this is the show Damn it. Yeah, I know. I got you. I got you. My my giggles are just coming out. Well, do you want to do a real segment that's part of the show now that wasn't here when you were last on the show? Yeah. That I forgot to tell you about? Um, This is a segment. It's called Get Wrecked. Get Wrecked. And uh, it's a segment where we recommend things to our listener our time traveling listeners who by the time we say it they have already heard our recommendation and followed up on it and applied it to their lives right exactly they're very um industrious our listeners um we can recommend things and it can be anything it can be a piece of media it can be a meal it can be a practice it can be a place. It can be uh, so many things. We don't like to pin things down. We don't like to, to put labels on things here on okay. on the segment. Um, except there is a label on the segment, which is the name of the segment, which is again, it's right. get wrecked. So, um, so, so like labels, but not labels. I just feel like labels are really limiting, and like, why can't we all just be people? Like, like. Pete, that's so deep. Why can't that's we just so... all be? Why can't we just all be segments and not have to like name the segments? Like, why can't we there just be a podcast and like you don't need to know where the segments start and end and it's just like fluid, you know? Like, I'm all about fluidity. Just mm. because last summer I um had a weird dream and then from then on I knew that I was like hot, part person, part dream. That is so real. Yeah, that is like. I feel like I am just like really like that's just really valid. And like if you want to recommend something, that would be really valid too, but like I could recommend something first and and that would be equally valid. Um I'll let you I'll let you re- I'll, I'll re- recommend. I'll let you recommend cuz I don't I don't believe in pronunciation. Like pronunciation well, like that's prescriptive. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm going to I'll recommend something. Um, I'm sure like someone has already recommended this, but dude, seltzer water, 
is amazing. Like, and what's I mean, your brand? You know, what's your brand? What's your okay, brand? Okay, so <clears throat> I'm just gonna go ahead and say I do like a Lacroix. I know everybody's like, oh, Lacroix, like it's so played out now. But I mean, right now I'm like looking at a Canada Dry Seltzer. The Mandarin Orange is fantastic. So good. Very re- v refreshing. I think you should. I think you guys should try it out. Because like you're gonna like I I used to drink a lot of like like soda. I, Mountain Dew was my thing because you know I'm I'm like I'm half black but like half neck beard. So <laughs> um, <laughs> mm-hmm, that's valid. <laughs> um, I I I but I did like drink a lot of like um like Mountain Dew as as a, as a lad. And um, I kind of transitioned out of it. And, you know, sometimes your palate craves like just something that's just not water or mm-hmm. tea. And seltzer is like the perfect kind of thing to just kind of slide right in there and be like zero calorie and still kind of hold you down. Um, so I've been kind of really digging the Canada Dry, like um, Mandarin Orange. But, uh, oh, Passion Fruit LaCroix is like really fucking solid too i'm not a huge passion fruit person but i'm really into that so so that's my recommendation i have never had Lacroix. homegirl i know i am gonna get kicked out of new york (laughs) they're gonna kick me out um i don't know i've just never i never i was like it's seltzer right like i've had seltzer Mm -hmm. like i've had soda water which is what we call it in canada um and actually, that's a, been a point of contention for me before is like, I hate like asking for like, I hate, I hate asking for it in places like on a plane or like in a mm-hmm. restaurant, because I'll be like, oh, could I get like a, a soda water? And they'll be like, do you mean a club soda? And I'm like, you know what I mean? Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> what did I do to you? What? Why? Does that really happen? Yes. Why would they do that? And then I started switching. I started saying club soda. And they were like, oh, a seltzer? And I was like, (laughs) there is so much woe and pain in this world without you creating this drama in my life. What kind of Kafka-esque rabbit hole did you fall down to deserve this? I don't know. I'm just sitting in a waiting room forever asking for a mm-hmm. club soda and they're they're just, it's always I'm always wrong. That's always my curse. Wrong. It's and then once once LaCroix <sighs> buys all of the other like seltzers and becomes like the only one, it's gonna become like a like a regional branded thing. You're gonna be like, Oh, you know, can I get a soda water? You mean like LaCroix? <laughs> and be like, Oh, like I, I wanna I don't even know. I'm what I'm thinking of is like I, I feel like it's a southern thing where you like ask for like a like a Coke or something. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, you know, you want a like a sprite? Or it's like what? No. Yeah. Wait, I-, I like the I like the whole I think that's such so beautiful is like the, our diverse ways of talking about carbonated beverages. <laughs> it's like cause in Canada we would always say pop. And I've stopped saying that since I moved here because everyone would look at me funny. So now I say soda. And when I go back to Toronto and say, can I, oh, do you have any soda? It's like very like, oh, you think you're better than us? (laughs) But like, I like the Coke thing. Like, can I get a Coke? Like, 
oh yeah what do you want oh a sprite like yes <laughs> it's so weird i love it <laughs> so so i'm from i'm from new york originally so i came out here to like the chicago area and i'm like oh can i have a soda and they're like you mean a pop i'm just Ooh. like oh you motherfuckers pop pop yeah so i, I mean you you can't move to the midwest you're gonna have to switch back to pop i'd sooner die <laughs> Well, that's because you're a big, fancy New York liberal. Hey, I'm just... walking here. I'm drinking <laughs> soda here. That's that's what New York is like. It's just, I'm just... yeah, just just everybody yelling all the time. Uh, yeah, I'm just watching mis- Midwestern tourists get mugged and laughing while I drink soda and um, a small soda, though, because, um, you know, our, our sodas have been they're smaller now because of government, which we love. Ugh. So um, even government. even soda water, which is weird because it like doesn't actually have any sugar in it. Yeah, I don't. Um, uh, Chicago is doing that now. I, I, I think it, it's been delayed, but uh, I just I, I, why is soda? I don't know. So carbonated beverages, I suppose. Those it's, bubbles are eroding your bones. Mm-hmm. That's what I've heard. It's worth it, though. <laughs> it's you're, worth you're, it. You're, I'll have my bones, my bones are gonna look like fucking arrow bars by the time I'm like thirty, <laughs> but it's worth it. Oh, listeners, this is premium content, you guys. Oh. This is, and this is free. Is this free? This is free. Oh, right? this this one I think is free. So okay. Uh, well, yeah, they're getting a bargain on this. Um, so this is you don't just get this anywhere. You, you don't i find it's good my favorite part of the podcast is um when uh we talk about how good the podcast is like i love yeah. i love that that's like really <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna recommend something now yay i'm gonna recommend a food thing as well just to like stay on theme because i okay. cooked a meal for myself and this is going to sound very unimpressive but for me, it is like unheard of. I cooked for myself twice this week thus far. And I could standing. do it again. I could do it again. There's still three more days left in the week. Yeah. It was the same thing I... twice, but that still counts. Who's who's judging? You're listening Nobody. To Don't They're judge me. It. I was like you once. Um, <laughs> here's what I cooked. I okay. So, okay, here's my thing. I'm vegetarian. I'm also mm-hmm. very lazy. So like 90% of the time what I eat is like frozen food. Like I'll buy like an Amy's. Like I'll buy like an Amy's lasagna or like a burrito or like a a, a bowl or something. And I'm like good with that. And like they're not that expensive. So I don't feel too bad about it. Um, But I went to smittenkitchen.com. Okay. Which is like this really great recipe site. And I... I made spinach and chickpeas, which sounds kind of boring, but it's actually really good. So like, it's like, so it was so easy and I'm just, I'll put a link in the, in the show notes. Um, if you actually want to like look at the recipe, but like basically all I did was like buy a bag of spinach, buy a can of chickpeas, like cook the spinach in some oil until it's wilted a little bit. Um, put it aside, like cook the, well, like heat up the chickpeas with some garlic and some cumin and some chili flakes, uh, and then toss the spinach in, and then like 
make sure it's all hot and then put some paprika on top of it. Oh, a lot of garlic, uh, some salt. And it's just like, I ate a whole bag of spinach and a whole can of chickpeas twice this week for dinner. I was like, oh, I'll just make a lot and then save it. I'm like, oh, yeah, spinach reduces a lot and chickpeas are just like really good. So like Uh I was just like full of iron and fiber and I was just like (laughs) fucking ripped immediately. Just just like literally like in killing form. Like you could have ended like any person that you came across. Absolutely. We're supposed to, you're supposed to use tomato sauce too, but um, I couldn't find a can opener because my life is, uh, I've, because I've lost control of my life. (laughs) It sounds like you're spiraling a little bit, but I'm spiraling upwards a little bit. (laughs) It's good. It's good. I'm, I've, I'm cooking and like, um, I, again, yeah, I don't cook very often. And so this was like a very triumphant event for me, um, because I often do not have the energy. I find cooking to be very stressful. Um, I've, sure. I found it to be that for a long time. Um, I just like, will fuck up something and be like, wow, the amount of time I spent on this, I could have just done this other thing for cheaper or like whatever, but like mm-hmm. it was satisfying and it was like, oh, cool. I feel like good about myself. And like, I know what's in this and like, it was good. And you could have just like. I could have made a lot more and then like had some to keep as well. So I'm going to recommend that. That's, That's my awesome. rec. That's my that rec. sounds good. I'm, I think I'm actually going to make that. It's pretty good. It's like actually like um, if you do it right and not like me and just butcher it, it's like a Spanish um, tapas thing oh, that cool. you can eat on like little little bread toasts. Um, I just ate it like with a fork because I'm a monster, but. Uh, you you are you you're but you have a you have a monster heart so you're a literal oh, and medical monster. You brought it back, yeah. I did. Let's wrap good. that around. <laughs> well, we've we've wrapped it all. We've brought it together around full circle. Full circle. So maybe that is a good place to wrap for this week. But um, I was so great to have you back on. It's not going to be two years next time. Okay, for sure. I swear, on my maiden's honor, it will be <laughs> like. Far less than that. Far um, less. Do you? Uh, we talked about uh, the game a little bit, but mm-hmm. um, do you want to tell people where they can find it or how they can find it? I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, awesome, awesome. Uh, so, so the game you can find it at choiceofgames.com. It'll have links to. I believe. I don't know when this is going up, but uh, I believe it'll probably be like the first thing you see because it's like the most recent release. Um, when you go to the site, uh, you just click on like the little like Avatar of the Wolf um, image and it'll uh, give you links to Steam and iOS and Android and anywhere you could possibly want to buy this game. Um also, I have a Patreon at patreon.com slash Benji Bright, which I haven't updated for a while. But now that I have a little bit more free time, I have a project that um, is going to probably be coming out probably within the next few weeks. That's about bros. I wrote a, I wrote a game about bros. Amazing. Uh, <laughs> I, I Yeah, it's it's beneath me, obviously, because, you know, I'm a I'm a I'm a real classy guy, classy writer. <laughs> of course. Um, I have all these awards in my bedroom. I can't even like walk half the time. Um, but yeah, I wrote I, I, I wrote slash I'm writing a sex game about bros. So that's so that so that'll be on my Patreon at some point. I think that is about it for me. Awesome. What about where can people find you on Twitter? 
Oh, uh, yeah, that's a great thing, too. Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at Benji underscore Bright. Um, and also, if you want to follow me on my non-smut-making persona, you can follow me at Bendied. Uh, so it's at sign B-E-N-D-I-E-D. Um, I haven't been tweeting a lot recently, but I'm getting back into it because just because, again, I have more free time and um, I've got a lot of bullshit to say. Uh, about Cascadia and other great topics. <laughs> great. Well, this has been, uh, it's been just such a treat. It's been life-changing. Um, and I just want to say that you're valid and all our listeners are valid. And um, Thank you for validating me. And you're also valid and all your you. listeners are valid you. except for Jeremy in Maine. He knows what he did. He, he does. He does. <laughs> um, great. Well, I will talk to you later and have a great weekend. All right. You too. Take care, Merit. Thanks again. Bye. Bye. Woodland Secrets is hosted by Merit Kay and produced and edited by me, Nick Bravo. Woodland Secrets is a part of Stay Mean, the world's only podcast network. We're entirely listener-supported. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron of Stay Mean at woodlandsecrets.co support. For as little as three bucks a month, you'll get access to a monthly newsletter and frequent bonus episodes of our shows. If you'd like to have a message read on the show, head to woodlandsecrets.co messages. You can help people find out about the show. Please mention us on Twitter. We're at Woodland Podcast and at Stay Mean Co. Or rate and review us in iTunes. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening.